for tuning in to the Archive, brought to you by the Mail Tribune. I'm Alyssa Corman, and I'll be sharing the news with you from 100 years ago in this splendid city of Medford and Jackson County at large in 1918. This week, we've gotten word that a spectacular carnival is coming to town. Sheriff Jennings has a mystery on his hands. Our dear mayor is having a hard time of it. And, well, there's a bunch more to tell you, so I'll get right to it. All Americans are asked to wear the colors of Italy on Friday in honor of her entrance into the World War. These colors are red, white, and green. Luck seems to be following the rail lines this week. A wreck was caused on the Pacific and Eastern Thursday when the combination passenger and freight train was en route to Medford from Butte Falls. Between Butte Falls and Eagle Point, a big log on a flat car came loose and rolled off, derailing four cars. The track was torn up for quite a distance, but no one was injured. Passengers bound for Medford were brought to Eagle Point in a freight car, and from there to Medford in Pitneys. I am pleased to inform you that the Greater Medford Club women plan to sponsor a swell carnival right here in our very own backyard. For the purpose of raising a substantial sum of money to help out various patriotic causes, the Greater Metford Club will hold a spring carnival for five days and nights, beginning Tuesday, May 28th. In magnitude and unique features, it will surpass all previous celebrations of the kind ever held in this city. Taking into consideration the cause for which it is given, the event will be one of more than local importance, and the city will doubtless be crowded with visitors' carnival week. The principal attractions will be the Foley and Burke combined shows, which will be pleasantly remembered for their cleanliness and merit. The aggregation is a half larger than when it exhibited in Medford last year. There is a mammoth two-ringed trained animal show, a huge auto hippodrome where monkeys race in beautiful miniature cars, a monster circus sideshow with the smallest man, largest boy, living half lady, and 10 other curiosities. In all, there are nine distinct shows, each sumptuously presented under its own mammoth canvas. They are all shows that women and children need not hesitate to visit. In addition, there are $30,000 worth of novel writing devices and 50 other novel amusement features. Some idea of the merit of the Foley and Burke shows may be gained from the fact that their engagement in Oakland, California, where they played for a soldier smoke fund, was extended from one week to three. In speaking of the shows, the Oakland Enquirer said, they have pleased immense crowds and all agree that this is the one carnival that is different. Foley and Burke will always be welcome in Oakland, as their shows and business methods are above criticism. There's a mystery in connection with two barrels of liquid held in the custody of Sheriff Jennings, who was tipped off last Wednesday 
that there were two barrels of whiskey or wine in a vacant farmhouse near Agate. He confiscated the barrels and contents and had them hauled to Medford late Wednesday night. Later, C.E. Cox, who had vacated the house and had not yet taken the barrels away, wanted them back from the sheriff. Cox claimed the barrels contained cider, but a number of persons who have sampled the contents gave varying opinions as to the contents. Anyhow, the stuff has a big kick in it and will be held in custody until its exact nature can be determined. It's a darn good thing we've got fair weather going for us at the moment. You see, someone borrowed the mayor's overcoat and kept it. Seen John Carkins or Fred Mirrors yet? shouted Mayor Gates as he jumped off the train this forenoon, having arrived home from attending the war conference at Portland. Where's Hitson? I'll fix him. His teeth chattered with cold. He then explained that yesterday morning in Portland, he lent his overcoat to Karkin, who, with mirrors, took in the scenic ride tendered to delegates to the mayor's and city's attorney's convention. John had thoughtlessly gone to Portland wearing a midsummer suit, and the weather had turned very chilly. Karkin and Mers intended to go to Salem yesterday afternoon and to board the train there last night and come on to Medford with the mayor. But the mayor saw neither one of them again after parting with his overcoat yesterday morning. The roads are just fine and good thing because there'll be no paving during the progress of the war. R.A. Booth, State Highway Commissioner, and Herbert Nunn, State Highway Engineer, have completed the inspection of the Pacific Highway over the entire distance between Portland and the California state line, says the Eugene Daily Guard. Mr. Booth reports the road in very good shape, except for where traffic is being interfered with by work. At such places, the road is bad, causing annoyance and expense to autoists, and even more to contractors. Most of the principal contracts, he believed, will be completed by July 1st. The road will be in good shape then the entire distance. Some portions of it will need to be surfaced this year to protect the grades, and if the bonds can be sold, the commission will do this work this season. No paving will be done, however, until the close of the year, except as is necessary to protect the grade and make roads passable there will be absolutely no hard surfacing done. Have you checked your home for things the Red Cross so desperately needs? Surely you can spare at least a few items for our allies. The salvage department of the Red Cross is in need of more material in order to keep the work going. Over 400 refugee garments and 200 hospital supplies have been made since March 1st all from old materials. It is a big saving as the children of our allies must be clothed and clothing must be made ready to wear so the mothers can devote their time to outside work, which is largely depending on them. All kinds of clothing can be used, men's, women's, and children's, flour, sugar, and meal sacks, and children's ribbed stocking legs. Old rags can be converted into cash they do not want papers, rubber, or shoes at this time. Have everything clean and in bundles on the paved street Saturday morning, June 1st, 
ready for the gatherers. Well, it looks as though there'll be no commission in the Navy possible for Miss Town. News from Bremerton states that the Navy's reply to the application of Miss Marion Town of Phoenix for a commission was a rejection. On the ground, the Navy is not granting commissions to women. Miss Town is a chief yeoman in the Naval Reserve Force who has made a record of exceptional ability and applied for permission to take the examination for the rank of assistant paymaster. Some time back, Miss Town conceived the idea of trying for a commission, feeling confident that she could pass the necessary technical examination for rank in the pay department. Her ambition was encouraged by her superior officers, who could see no reason why she should not be holding a rank commensurate with the importance of the work which she has been performing as assistant to Captain W.T. Wiley, USCG officer in charge of secret service work in the 13th Naval District. Miss Town's rejection, in spite of her obvious fitness, is regarded as the establishment of a general rule to which the Navy intends to adhere in all cases. Other women who have been hoping for a chance to go up in the service have given up on their ambitions as a result, since it is evident that there is little hope for the present of breaking through the barrier. It is probable that the general policy has been laid down because of the inadvisability of sending women to sea. The same policy is carried out quite strictly in granting commissions to men also, since the Navy does not wish to give commissions to those who would not be qualified to perform the sea duties of a commissioned officer. Miss Town is a graduate of the School of Law of the University of Michigan and was formerly a member of the Oregon State Legislature. She enlisted at Medford and was among the first women in the Northwest taken into service. I've just received word on Sheriff's mystery barrels. Sheriff Jennings, having become satisfied that the two barrels he confiscated at the vacant farmhouse near Agate did indeed contain cider, has returned them to their owner, C.E. Cox, who left them at the farm after he moved away, intending to come back and get them. Well, he's got them now. The Mail Tribune publishes interesting letters from our soldiers and sailors and news items concerning their movements when they become available to us. Today, I've got a letter from Frederick Heath that his father so patriotically shared with us and which I am now sharing with all of you. Dear Father, I am in a base hospital with the measles. Can you beat it? I'm not sick. There has been about one day that I felt badly though I'm still in bed, this being the fourth day in the hospital. I think they'll let me up either tonight or tomorrow, but probably they'll keep me here for three weeks. It's going to give me a rest, and I'll figure I'll be much better for it. This is the first time I've missed getting up at six o'clock for nearly a year, and it surely does seem good. The hospital is an old French hospital made over by the Americans. I don't know anything about the other wards, but this is certainly okay. There are 20 beds in it, but only six are occupied at present. Say, you haven't any idea how these honest-to-goodness beds feel. They have real springs and white sheets on them. When we first landed here, we slept on the ground for almost a month, not even having straw to lie on. 
Then we got ticks full of straw and felt we were rolling in luxury. A short time after that, we were given bunks, but only slept on them one night. They had been taken from the German prison camp and were covered with cooties. We then made bunks out of scrap lumber. I really don't care whether they ever make me leave this bed or not. We also have American nurses. It looks to me like this big drive was the last effort the Kaiser could possibly make. Of course, we don't know any more about it than you do. In fact, I doubt if we get as much real war news as you do. Everyone here is optimistic. They are betting at the front that it'll be over in 30 days. We all hope so. Tell mother not to worry because I'm in the hospital, as it is the best place in France right now. With love, Frederick Keith. Well, folks, that's all I've got for you this week. Thanks for listening. Remember, these news stories have been brought to you by the Mail Tribune, a weekly series featuring news items that were drawn from the archives of the Mail Tribune from 100 years ago. You can find more stories like this in the MT100 column in the newspaper or online at mailtribune.com. And be sure to follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube. If you like this podcast or have something you'd like to share with me, let me know in the comments or on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Have a swell day and check back next week for more stories from the archive.